Well, if I took a survey this morning, um, I would ask two questions. One would be, if you are currently parenting, how you would rank your parenting? How's it going? Would you give yourself an A, a B, a C, a D, or an F? What would you say? My second question would be for all of us, and that would be, how would you rank the parenting that's going on in our country right now? How is this process of raising children working or not working? What kind of grade would you give? I suspect a lot of us would give pretty low scores. A lot of us would give pretty low scores to ourselves if we're parenting. We see the struggles. We see the challenges. And we live in this culture and read the news of how we're struggling as a nation and a culture. So I think there'd be some pretty low scores. Part of the challenge of this, part of the cause of all this, is we are right now living in a time when we would probably all say life is a little crazy. The, the pace of change that is happening in our culture is um, extreme. It's not only the rate of change, how quickly things are changing, but every area is changing. Whether it's our economics or our politics or work or social or media or technology, it's just everywhere. Change is happening at an unprecedented level. And one of the things that makes that so hard is we can no longer use the past to get ready for the future. And usually you can do that. You can say, well, it's been this way, therefore it's going to be this way. Not now. Not when you're going through change like we are. Part of this craziness as life is we're living in an age of mistrust and anger. We all joke about road rage, but the truth is there's a boatload of angry people out there for the slightest offenses. Uh, there was one posting uh, this week in the news, a bus and a truck went at it in road rage. School bus. And it was like, you're kidding me, right? But it's an angry age. And there's so much uncertainty. We don't trust our institutions there's no sense of what's right and wrong. Everything is up for grabs. And we're, we're bombarded by conflicting values of morality and right and wrong. Everyone gets to choose their own right and wrong. What's right with sexuality? What's normal anymore? Relationships, marriage, family, raising kids. And the truth is families are feeling the pressure of all of this change. And raising children today is getting harder, not easier. I think the average parent today feels overwhelmed with what they're trying to do in a world that seems to make parenting harder and harder. And it is harder. I realize all of us say, well, it's tougher today than in the past, but I think it's really true. You who are parenting today, I totally would agree with you, it is more difficult today. You're facing challenges I didn't face. You're facing challenges my parents never dreamed of in trying to raise kids today. 
And part of that is pushing parents into a place where they are unsure of their role. Well, what does it mean to be a parent today? I don't think that's clear anymore. And I think a lot of parents are left asking the question, am I to be a friend to my kids? Am I to be a coach to my kids? Am I, am I sort of to get out of the way and just be an observer as my kids figure it out as they grow up? Am I even to be a resource or am I an authority figure? And for goodness sake today, what does that mean, authority? We're not sure. And in the process of this vacuum and uncertainty, kids are just making up their own rules. Where the parents aren't sure what they're supposed to do and the kids are growing up anyway, the kids are saying, well, we'll figure it out. Here's an interesting study of how kids are no longer listening to their parents. Fifty years ago, a sociologist at Johns Hopkins University interviewed a large sampling of teens. And 50 years ago, the question he asked was, let's say there was a particular club at your school that you had always wanted to be in. And finally, you were invited to be in that club. And all your friends said, oh, join that club. But your parents said they didn't want you to join that club. The majority of teenagers 50 years ago said they would not join that club because what their parents thought was more important than what their peers thought. Now, can you guess where I'm headed? Between 2009... And 2015, a different researcher asked kids today. Now, he changed the question a little bit. And he said, let's suppose that today there was a particular social media website that you wanted to go on. And all your friends were saying, join it. But your parents said they did not want you to join that social media website. What would, your, what would your decision be? The most common answer this researcher found was not even yes or no. The most common response of the teens was laughing. That the question was even asked. Why would I ask my parents if I should join that website? I'll do whatever my friends are doing. Part of what we are struggling to, with today in our culture is that whole relationship between kids and parents. One study of American teenagers today found the most common description of the relationship between teens and their parents was ingratitude seasoned with contempt. Ingratitude seasoned with contempt. One Canadian researcher put it this way. Normally in cultures, young people turn for instruction and learning and guidance in how to grow up and how to be a mature person. They look to their fathers and mothers, their teachers, and other responsible adults they look to these people to learn the lessons about life 
But we are right now in a point, as the researcher said, we are at a point where nature never intended us to be. Teens are now looking to their peers for parenting. They're talking to the other kids. Children are being brought up by children. And if that's the case, immature children are never going to be able to guide each other to maturity. Now the issue isn't just kids at home. I have one other study to show you, and this is a study first in 2000. And this study looked at young people in America who are creating new businesses and working or actively looking for work. Okay? So these kids are now out on their own. They're either starting their own business or they're working or they're looking for work. We were the number one in the developed nations. Our kids, more than any other nation, were out looking. In 11 years, look what happened. We dropped to number eight. By 2011, we were the last where young people are starting their own business or working or looking for work. And I hear people talk about, my kids are back home. They're not sure what they want to do. And we hear those things happening all around us. You're not alone in that. It is a trend across our nation. Well, the obvious question is, why is this happening? And there's not all bad news today, so please don't check out here. I knew this isn't going to be pretty, but the beginning of solving some things is understanding where we are. So why is all this happening? Well, we talked about change and how much change is happening. One of the other things we have to face is we currently live in a culture that has rejected authority. Authority is a word that basically prompts negative connotations as soon as I say the word. Our culture has become anti-authority. And we can have all kinds of discussions about, well, the people in authority don't deserve our respect anymore, and that's a very interesting discussion. And that's it, light in our election and everybody's reaction to the election, but not just election, our attitudes at work towards management, our attitudes towards local government, towards school authority, it's across the board. But you see, we as adults may want to lament a terrible boss or a terrible politician, but that authority issue comes home. And parents are authority figures, and if we are in an anti-authority culture, then suddenly it becomes very difficult for parents and kids, and what does authority mean for all of that? We are, uh, another factor I want to throw out for you, and if you don't have teens today, you may not understand this, but we are living in a culture of disrespect. Culture-wide, we show disrespect to each other. The, the tearing down of each other is the norm. Ridicule. Here's a sampling of t-shirts that was found wearing, a teens wearing them in school. Now, what I want you to see is these t-shirts were not meant for parents. These t-shirts were meant for one another, their peers in school. 
do I look like I care? Out of your league. Is that all you got? You look like I need another drink. Or, buy me another drink, you're still ugly. I don't need you, I have Wi-Fi. You look better on Facebook. That's just a sampling of the culture today that kids are growing up in. And, you know, I always heard my parents lament and say things, uh, you know, it really is a different world in high school today, junior high. Talk to some of our people who work there. It is a different universe. And that attitude permeates the teenage life today. That's how kids are growing up. Part of the other challenge that faces us is that schools are no longer helping us parent. As I said earlier, in most cultures, in most times in history, everybody worked together to raise kids. It wasn't just mom and dad. Whatever mom and dad were trying to teach, which was probably a pretty consistent set of rules that the whole culture was teaching, those same values were being reinforced and retaught in the schools. And those were being reinforced and retaught by the different institutions and clubs and athletic teams that kids were in. And those same values were being retaught and reinforced in the stories that people read or watched in movies or saw on TV. And all of that was working together to get these lessons into the heads and hearts of kids so they grew up knowing what it means to be an adult. And all of you are looking at me like, yeah, I understand it used to be that way, but it's not that way today. And you're right. If parents even have a clear set of values of what they're trying to get into their kids' heads, it's not being reinforced in the schools. And who knows what kids are hearing from the ball team. I told you a few weeks ago watching a coach urging his team to cheat. And I watched it happen on a little league field. And who knows what we're being taught and and modeled in media. It's not working together. The easiest way I can illustrate this is something most of you have probably read. It was written a number of years ago. All I really need to know I learned in kindergarten. It was written by Robert Fulgham. It became an instant hit. This is some of them. Share everything, play fair, don't hit people, put things back where you found them, clean up your own mess, don't take things that aren't yours, say you're sorry when you hurt somebody, wash your hands before you eat, flush, warm cookies and cold milk are good for you, live a balanced life, learn some, think some, draw some, paint, sing, dance, play, work every day some, take a nap every afternoon. When you go out into the world, watch out for traffic, hold hands, stick together. If you are not aware, that is not kindergarten today. 
Do you see what I mean? It used to be kids were not only taught those kinds of things at home, they went to school and that was reinforced. But you see, our schools today have been pushed to be all about academics. And I'm not trying to blame anybody anywhere here. That's been a whole cultural push. But the outcome is teachers don't have time to teach this. It's about test scores. And it's about those academics. And these things are seen as unimportant. But please understand how much that forms the basis of a healthy adult life. Those basic concepts. But those aren't being taught anywhere else. So where are kids learning them? Or are they learning them? That's part of the struggle. We assume that's still happening because it happened for us in schools and at Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts or on the team and playing fair and things about honor. Where are kids learning those today? Where did we say kids are learning today? They're learning from their peers. And what lessons are they learning from their peers? How to show disrespect. God had a warning in Malachi. In Malachi 4.6, God says, He will turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else. I will come and strike the land with destruction. Isn't that being fulfilled in our culture? Kids are not listening to parents. Parents are not sure what it means to parent. And that whole family unit is breaking down. And what is happening? Our land is plagued with destruction. And we're seeing it happen. Now part of the emphasis, emphasis for this sermon series comes from a book I read last year. The book is entitled, The Collapse of Parenting. It was a fascinating book. I had read a couple other books by Sachs about why gender matters and that his whole point is boys and girls really are different biologically, mentally, chromosomally. That's probably not a word. Um, and the result of that being how they learn and how they need to be taught in school should be different. It's a fascinating book. So when this one came out, I also wanted to read it. And he just spends half the book talking about how parenting is breaking down in our culture today, and the second half about some solutions. And what he said resonated so much with what I was seeing and what I was hearing families agonize and talk to me about and ask me about that I thought we need to talk about this as Christians because God has so much to say about parenting, things for us to look at. And I was very nervous about the first half of this sermon because I knew it was going to be negative, but we needed to look at the challenge and why this is important. But I don't want you to give up on families. That's not what this is about at all. We need families. We are created in families. We were never designed to grow up alone. It is families that so influence us and form us for good or bad. 
That's not the issue. They form us. We can't escape that. And so we need families to work. We need families to help us, not only in our growing up years, but even as adults. And we experience the stages of life. We still need our families around us. Families can work. Families are designed by God. He saw Adam alone and he said, this is not good. And he created Eve and he designed families as the way humans become alive and humans develop from infants to adults. It is God's design that the family do that. I love Psalm 68, 6, where David says, God places the lonely in families. And how true that is. Talk to anyone without a family and how they long for a family. Some of you know I had lost both parents by the time I was 18 and entering Bible college. That first fall in Bible college was one of the darkest times in my life. Because on the weekends, everybody went into ministries or they went home to their families. I had no home, I had no family. And there was not even 1% of us who stayed on that campus on the weekends. It was so lonely. And God provided a year later a family for me. I call them my foster family, though it was never legal. But there was a place to go on the weekend. There was a family. There was a place to go at Christmas. There was a place to go for the summer. And it was such a gift God gave me in that family. Maybe that's why this psalm has always resonated with me. God places the lonely where? In families. So we should never give up on the families. But we need to understand that families need to work. And they need to work well so that our children can grow up to be healthy, mature, well-adjusted humans. And so we come to this sermon series. I've entitled it First Aid for Parents. I actually emailed Leonard Sachs. I thought, well, maybe I'll get off easy here. I said, have you ever heard of anybody doing a ser series of sermons on your book? I didn't really expect I'd get an email back. I actually got a two-page email from him, and he said, no. <laughs> but the two pages were, he said, I have had a few talks where I've used some scripture, and here's a couple scriptures I've used for you to think about. It was a really nice email. But I thought, you know, I can do this. And so I've been working on this in my head and, and all this since last spring. And I want us to spend some time not preaching Leonard Sachs's book. Please know that's not where we're going. But I want us to spend some time looking at what does it mean to be a parent? And how should our homes work? And what should this relationship be between kids and parents? And how do we do this? And one of the things we're going to wrestle with, what is authority? And what does that mean and look like? Is it a bad word? How do we make it a bad word? What is success? 
What does it mean if we are successful parents? Is it about test scores or winning the Little League World Series or are there more important things than that? We're going to look through those things because this is not a hopeless challenge and it's not a problem that can't be solved. It's not easy solutions, I'll tell you that in advance, but there's solutions because we're not alone. There's a scripture that we often quote about our country, but I think we need to quote the scripture again about our families and our homes. 2 Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. I believe that scripture is true for us and our families. If we will humble ourselves and admit that we don't have all the answers, we need to learn here. God, you need to show us. We humble ourselves. We pray and seek his face. We come to God and say, God, help us. Show us, teach us from your word how to be good parents, how to be good kids growing up. How should this work? If we seek God and we turn from some things we're probably doing wrong, we make some changes, then he says, I will help, I will forgive, I will heal. And I believe God is just as eager to heal our families as he is to heal our land. So that's what we're going to do. But we not only have, there's one other thing that's so important. We not only have the help of God and His Spirit, His power, His Word to teach us as parents, we also have the church. Now I mean this community, this fellowship where we are in this together. There is that phrase that has become very popular, it takes a village to raise a child. Well, guess what? In our suburban world, probably the closest village available to us is the local church. It's probably not your neighbors because most of you don't know more than three or four of your neighbors in your village. We don't live that way anymore in our culture. I know some people over there at work. I know some people I may pay ball with. I know whatever, but my village? But we have a church where we come together as a community and we do this together. We learn from each other and we share our mistakes with each other and our struggles. I've said this before, Peggy and I would tell you in a heartbeat, the small group we were in as our kids were teens was one of the most important things we ever did in our family's life. Because there were six or seven other couples raising their kids at the same time. And every week we'd come together for a Bible study that was a whole lot more a parent support group. And there were so much wonderful things happen. One of the best saying, oh my gosh, my kids did this. And you think you got the worst kids in the world. And you find out, oh yeah, mine did that too. Oh yeah, ours did that too. And you found out that your kids were no more different and bad than anybody else's. And sometimes you had parents saying, oh, don't do that. Really bad things happen. And you get warned. 
and you'd learn what does work. And you see, we have that right here as church. Whether it's Sunday school classes or, or wherever we're gathered together that we can talk and figure out together what is this thing. And, and you've got people sitting around you who are empty nesters who've already run the race. And now they're parenting in a different level. And we're trying to learn from those whose kids are having kids. And the thing that I find if you talk to some of these empty nesters who've already done it, you're not, I don't know who you're going to find in this church who's going to sit there and say, yeah, we did it all right, we got all the answers, let's tell you how to do it. What you are going to find is most of them saying, yeah, I don't know if you want to talk to us. We didn't, you know, we sure made some mistakes. But you know, that's who you need to learn from. Because some of the best lessons are hearing from them saying, yeah, we made a mistake, don't do that. I wish I could do it this way. That's when you want to be listening. And to you young parents today, I want to ask you right now, where are you rubbing elbows with those empty nesters? Because you need to be. We're not reinventing the wheel here. We can figure this out. So we're going to look at these sermons, and we're going to try and figure this out. There's a parent group beginning during Sunday school next Sunday morning over in the choir room. Parents, you're invited. And again, nobody in the room is going to have all the answers. But it's going to be a time to talk, not a sermon. Talk about parenting. we got a table set up here with some books from the library on parenting. I would urge you to get Sachs's book, The Collapse of Parenting. It's a fascinating read. We're going to help each other. I'm praying this will be five weeks that is really first aid for parents. Because we do need help. But family can be the greatest thing going when they work. And that's what we need to work towards. Families that work. And it can be that way. And that's what God wants to help us find and build and have. And that's what we're praying for. Let's pray. Father, I do believe you created us with families. And while sometimes that's stressful, sometimes it's painful, I still thank you for families because of what they can be, what they can mean. And I ask you to help us. None of us are perfect. I know some of us sitting here today are struggling with our families. Struggling with how to be parents. And Father, I ask you to use these weeks, the resources, the discussions, just the informal coffees and lunches that we can help each other. Look to you that we can have healthy families where our kids can grow up to be healthy people, men and women, who know you and know how to be healthy people. So we ask you to come work in these weeks. Heal our land. Heal our families. In your son's name, amen.